Hello and welcome back to Coming Up Winners. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Jason McIntyre. It's Thursday. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Raining outside. Traffic's a nightmare. Mr. Andrew Lynch, how are you doing on this fine Valentine's morning? I'm doing pretty well, J-Mac. I do want to say... Um... About a year and a half ago, I, I was diagnosed with depression for the first time in my life. And the past week has been kind of a struggle. For There's not really been any trigger or anything. I've just been a little depressed. It happens. It's an insidious disease that you can't always point to a specific problem or anything like that. It happens. Um, and I bring it up because I know a lot of people battle depression. And I think we probably have some listeners who do. And, and February 14th can be particularly stressful for some. It's okay. Um, things get better. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be good right now. So to those who are listening and might be able to relate to this, take care of yourself. Do what you have to do to get through the day. One task at a time, one day at a time. There are, if Treating depression is a very expensive treatment. There are resources out there for those who can't necessarily afford it. They're not always easily accessible. Um, but if you're listening to this and if any of this resonates with you, keep fighting reach out my dms are open we'll get through this together um and let's do some gambling some deep thoughts from andrew lynch on a you know rainy valentine's morning out here you know lynch i have been um not to make light of depression i've been a little depressed in a bit of a fog since football ended uh when it comes to gambling you know i'm getting my fix if you will I'm not addicted. Uh, college basketball and NBA, it's just not quite the same. And then you get some news this week that, whoa, Cardinals, Kyler Murray, number one overall. And my, I guess my first thought would be, wow, what happens to Josh Rosen? And my second thought is gambling. And that's what's weird with where gambling is right now. It's not just the games. There are, as we talked about, prop bets for the Super Bowl. And now, you know, Lynch came in this morning and has the latest on Kyler Murray NFL draft over under spots. What is it currently for Kyler Murray, the Oklahoma quarterback? So it's really interesting. It's basically the bet is, is Kyler Murray going to be a top 10 draft pick or isn't he? According to Bet Online, as aggregated by Odd Shark, who's a partner of ours here at Fox Sports, um, over the nine and a half, nine and a half, uh, over nine and a half as his draft position, meaning he would be the 10th, the 11th, the 12th pick, is minus 200. So you're actually... The favorite is that he will not be a top 10 pick. That's crazy. Under nine and a half plus 150. That's crazy. I mean, I know the Dolphins are a popular team that people are linking Murray to. They need a quarterback. I think they're at 13. And they are they are the betting favorite uh, to be the Kyler Murray landing spot, which we'll get to here in a second. But plus 150. I just, I don't get that. I mean, Lynch, look at the last three years, okay? Teams have moved into the top 10 to draft a quarterback, whether it was the Jets leaping up for Darnold, uh, whether it was Goff moving up, Carson Wentz, uh, Patrick Mahomes, I think he was at actually 10 to the Chiefs. But uh, Kyler Murray, number, first overall, would not shock me this week. Obviously, we've got to go through the process of the uh, combine, the interviews, but I think he's going to crush the interviews. This is a polished kid. His dad was a college quarterback. His uncle, I believe, was a pro athlete. This is a guy who is a phenomenal athlete. I, I definitely would think he would go in the top nine. I think I, I'm surprised the over under is not like five and a half or something, or whatever the Giants are. What are the Giants? Five? Giants are six. Giants are six. I would expect it to be six and a half as we get closer to the draft. Do you think it'll move? I really, 
I guess it depends on how the market views Dwayne Haskins, really. Um, because I don't know. Are we going to get two or three quarterbacks taken in the top 10? That is the question to me. Because I think Haskins probably comes off the board first. Ahead of Murray. I do think so right now. I think, you know, you just if you follow any of these scouts who, who you know, share their analysis on Twitter, they are just raving about the tape with Dwayne Haskins. And then you have the questions, of course, about Murray's size. Those questions don't concern me personally, but I think from what we've seen from NFL decision makers in the past, that is going to be a legitimate concern with Kyler Murray for NFL teams specifically is his size. Well, Haskins, uh, you know, and Conrad here is, is the big Ohio State guy. He was unbelievable, Haskins, the final three games of the season. I mean, from Michigan, Conference Championship, Rose Bowl, like, uh, he's Haskins was lights out. Uh, I don't think he has the wheels Stephen A. Smith thinks he has, um, but that's neither here nor there. I just had to get that dig in. Uh, love you, Stephen. Well, I don't love you. I know you, Stephen A. We've interacted. It's Valentine's well. Day. We love yeah, everyone. Yeah, we love everybody. Um, I don't know. So, for me, I'm going on the, uh, the under on Kyler Murray for sure. I think it'll move uh, as we get to the combine. Baker Mayfield came out and said the dude can run a 4-2. I don't know if that's legit, but if he runs a four three, and, and he's you know the pinpoint accuracy that he displayed, you know we see a lot more moving pockets now. I, I like Kyler Murray definitely going in the. Top and I want to like big fan of Kyler Murray. I think he's going to be a superstar in the NFL. I really really like superstar. him. I just think. You know, it's great to be a 6'2", 6'3", quarterback who can see over the line and all of those cliches, but I think with the current rule set, the way that quarterbacks are protected and as, to your point, as cerebral as NFL offenses have become, I don't think the the height consideration is as, is as valid as it has been in the past if it held any validity prior to this, honestly. Baker Mayfield, only six feet tall, number one overall, was jobbed out of the rookie of the year did Barkley officially get it I I don't I wasn't I know they give out like four different rookie of the year awards for offense but I think Barkley was named at the weekend of the Super Bowl um I, I would have gone Mayfield but that's neither here nor Saquon there. was the offensive rookie of the year and there was a request from Baker Mayfield during our Super Bowl radio row coverage his name is not Saquon Barkley he is Saquads but he hates say quads, so just call him quads. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So moving on from that, another quarterback in the news this week, uh, Joe Flacco, the 34-year-old cement shoes quarterback who lucked his way into a Super Bowl. I'm kidding. He had a good postseason run. Playoff Flacco, I guess they call him, or January Joe, whatever you want to call him. He was dealt to the Denver Broncos for a mid-round pick. I didn't think it was a game-changing move. I thought it was another bad move for John Elway. And when you look at the gambling odds, it kind of reflects that, right? This is might be my favorite thing that has happened in 2019 so far. Wow. Every press release and every report about this trade mentioned that it's former Super Bowl MVP Joe Flacco. <laughs> and that is literally, while it doesn't matter in the slightest, that's the only reason you make this move to go from Case Keenum to Joe Flacco is because he's, he's won a Super Bowl MVP. And then for the Broncos to make that trade and for the odds at Bovada for the Denver to win Super Bowl 54 to go from 100 to 1 not shorter, they went to 125 to 1 after the move. That... I love that so much. I'm like, I'm sure he's a perfectly nice guy. I'm just so anti Joe Flacco as an NFL quarterback that to see that line movement warm my heart. I saw sixty to one at another sharp shop. Now, if you go back and listen to, I don't know if his last pod that we did or two weeks ago, but there could have been value in the Broncos, right? Their DVOA numbers were phenomenal. 
at, at one point, I think they were like the fifth or sixth best team in the league, according to the advanced metrics that we use here, uh, courtesy of Football Outsiders. So, listen, I guess you can build a case, hey, Philip Lindsay comes back healthy. And Sanders comes back off the Achilles at 30, which not a lot of receivers do. And the offensive line, which was 24th, according to Football Outsiders last year, if they're healthy and play above their head. Um, Pat Mahomes doesn't play well after, you know, one year. Maybe, you know, things fall into line. I just, I don't see it happening. I don't like the, I think they're the third best team in that division at best. Yeah, and let's, I absolutely agree with that. And let's break this down. So to recap what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Since 1986, as far back as the DVOA database goes back, according to our friends at the Action Network, 30 of 32 teams that won the Super Bowl were 13th or better in overall DVOA the previous season. And 30 of 32 Super Bowl winners since 1986 finished the previous season at least 7th or better in one facet of the game, offense, defense, or special teams. The 2018 Broncos qualify. They were in the top 13 of overall DVOA, and they were top 7 in defense. So then you're thinking, okay, well, if if this is going to be a a valuable team to bet on to win the Super Bowl, given that, and they made a trade for uh, for a quarterback, what you need is your quarterback not to turn the ball over, and not to take bad sacks. Let your defense and your running game carry you. And so this is where it's fascinating. Like Case Keenum and Joe Flacco have roughly the same sack percentage for their entire career. That's scary. 5.4% to 5.5%. They have roughly the same career interception percentage. Joe Flacco is coming off a career year in not turning the ball over, just a 1.6% interception rate. Before his career, he's at 2.4%. Case Keenum's at 2.3%. This, you're probably not taking better care of the ball by changing from Case Keenum to Joe Flacco. They had about the same average yards per attempt last year, 6.4 to 6.1. I mean, Flacco was behind Ryan Tannehill and just ahead of Blake Bortles in adjusted yards per attempt. There's no upgrade here. The fact that the line got, the odds got longer at Bovada makes sense to me. I just, it just feels like, Having listened to that, everything that Elway did here was a mistake. I mean, first of all, why move so early, right? I know you talked to some quarterbacks at the Senior Bowl, but Elway didn't even wait for the combine. Like, have his scouts done digging on all the quarterbacks they could draft in the first round? Kyler Murray. Drew Locke, maybe Haskins if he falls that far. But the idea that you're not even going to interview them before making a move on Flacco feels like he's going to his old bag of tricks. Hey, Six foot six pocket quarterback. He's a little Brock Osweiler. Uh, who's a kid from Memphis? Paxton Lynch. We know Elway has a type and he's quickly going to it again. Uh, this just is a bad move. I personally would have tanked. I mean, listen, we talked about Kyler Murray maybe going first overall, right, to the Cardinals. And Josh Rosen, let's say Rosen hits the market, okay? Would the Broncos have been more interested in Josh Rosen on a rookie deal? Or Joe Flacco. Because we know Rosen's going to get interest. I, I wrote about it on the, the website. The New England Patriots and Josh Rosen would be a very, very fun marriage. Cowherd picked that story up and it did monster traffic for us. If Rosen hits the market, I want Rosen over Flacco. Well, we're going to talk about it here in a minute. But the top odds for Antonio Brown destination, the Cardinals. What if the Cardinals reach out to the Patriots, get a late first round early or second round pick, Flip it, and then you can flip that pick plus another second or third for Antonio Brown. Take Kyler Murray first overall. Now you have Kyler Murray, Antonio Brown with Larry Fitzgerald in the slot. And then you have David Johnson Johnson in the backfield. 
That's exciting. I mean, listen, that's a pie in the sky, but that division is brutal. But they're at least watchable. Like, the Cardinals were unwatchable this year. They As a Cardinals trapped. fan, I will absolutely confirm that. I mean, they, I mean, they didn't know how to use David Johnson. Part of that could have been the coaching. But when you look at Cliff Kingsbury, uh, his body of work, I know he didn't always win in the Big 12, but he moved the football. Kyler Murray makes sense. I don't know that Flacco does even in the NFL at this stage. You know, like 34. Like, we talk about Eli Manning should be done. Why not Joe Flacco? Joe Flacco, in the last five years, I think I read it and I heard you, he's been an average at best quarterback. Like, I, I, it doesn't make sense. So, anyway, Joe Flacco, the eight Denver Bronco fans happy with that, will uh, surely get down at, you know, 125 to 1 or whatever. Um, you know who I feel bad for, real quick? The Nuggets. Like, the Denver Nuggets oh, are playing geez. out of their minds in the NBA right now. Second? And the only conversation is about uh, Joe Flacco being traded to the Broncos. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, they actually think they're tied for fourth currently. Uh, no, no, Nuggets second. second. in the West. Second. Tied for fourth in the NBA. Oh, anyway. fourth in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, listen. Yeah, best, best home record in the league. Uh, so, well, we just did another minute on the Denver Nuggets. There we go. All right, let's go. Quickly to what uh, Conrad had mentioned, the Antonio Brown sweepstakes. I do think there is going to be Lynch an NBA feel to free agency, right? Love it. Let's if go. Jay Glazer, uh, Fox's own, predicting that Odell would get traded here. The Browns make some sense. I don't think the Giants would deal him across town to my Jets. The Jets can afford him, though, that's for sure. Um, 49ers could make some sense. Antonio Brown on the market, Odell Beckham on the market. That's two top six receivers. I don't know. I'm going to toss out San Francisco. And I'm going to ask you, Andrew Lynch, the 49ers, 15-1 to to get Odell Beckham. Your thoughts? I kind of like the 5-1 to on Antonio Brown more. Ooh. Um, but yeah, I think that I certainly think the 49ers are in the market to get a big name wide receiver this season. And if they do, watch out for that 49ers team. Uh, assuming that Jimmy G comes back fully healthy, of yeah. course. Uh, yeah, I, re- I actually really like that. I believe they're what the sh- second shortest odds on the OBJ market yep, with the Rams 15. at 11 to 1. Yeah. Um, now, wait, now I got to ask about the Rams. How are they 11 to 1? They got Cooks, right? They got Cup. They got they had uh, Robert Woods. They, they just paid Gurley. Can they real? They got. I guess they're going to lose Sue and probably Marcus Peters. Can they afford Odell Beckham? You know he's going to take up 11% of the Giants' cap next year? 11%! And especially with the way that the Rams have been building their team to this point and taking advantage of free agency in the trade market. Yeah, if, if OBJ ends up in Los Angeles, I think. I'm a big OBJ fan. I, I want to preface this. I okay. re, I like the guy. I like what he does for you on the field. He is an outstanding, outstanding player. And I think all of that upside outweighs any of the quote-unquote distraction off the field. That said, if he ends up on the Rams with that massive contract, that's probably the albatross just in this salary cap era that drags the Rams back down. Because, I mean, because it just happens. You Your windows are defending. so short. In the NFL, unless you put together a Patriots-esque dynasty that is built on generating value in the way that you build a team. And look what they did with Gurley. They paid him that salary, and then what happened in the Super Bowl? What happened in the NFC Championship I don't, game? I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out what happened in the Super Bowl. That's two Super Bowls in a row. We don't have answers. Malcolm Butler bench, no idea. Todd Gurley barely getting looks, no idea. And there's no answers. 
I think in this situation, San Francisco is going to get one of the two. It's either OBJ or it's going to be Antonio Brown, but they're going to get one of them. So if you sprinkle a little bit on 15-1 to for OBJ or 5-1 to for Antonio Brown, I think for sure San Fran ends up with one of these two with Kyle Shanahan. He wants them bad. I feel like I'm, I'm asking the right person here. A.B. to Cleveland. Do you think Ooh. it's you think it's happening? Because I real like Jarvis Landry, they're doing boy. some heavy recruitment. I they just I got just Kareem really, really wonder over I, over the weekend. Jarvis Landry, OBJ, and Baker Mayfield were throwing around together. Uh, Brown's thirty three to one is going to be long gone. Remember those odds after the Super Bowl? I think we talked about them here on the podcast. Let me just let me just caution folks excited about wide receivers. I, you know, everybody during the season made a big note. Oh, the highest paid quarterbacks all missed the playoffs, right? I looked at the wide receivers. Of the five highest paid wide receivers, one made the playoffs. Okay? One. De- uh, DeAndre Hopkins, fourth highest paid. Mike Evans was the highest. Nope. Fitzgerald, Juice Landry, Hopkins, Green, A.J. Green, of course, injured. T.Y. Hilton did make the playoffs. Julio missed. Randall Cobb, I don't know how he made that list. Doug Baldwin made the playoffs, and Allen Robinson did. Just to put a bow on the value of receivers, Super Bowl MVP, Julian Edelman. I'll give each of you a guess. What number was he as the highest paid receiver in the league? Not salary, but he wasn't top 10. I'll give you that. I don't think he's not top 30, is he? I was going to say 43rd. Uh, Your official guess? I would say say uh, early 30s, probably 31, 32. 53rd highest paid receiver. I got one of the numbers right. I'm counting that. Julian Edelman, 3.8 million. So after him was John Ross, okay? Before him, Golden Tate. Like, tell me again how important are wide receivers. When the MVP of the Super Bowl, who couldn't be guarded. Remember they were trying to double team and like couldn't stop Julian Edelman. Yeah, people wonder why they keep winning. But I do. I so System, to, maybe. to circle back here, I I think that's I think that's right. I am going to sprinkle a little bit of a little bit of a probably a half unit each on the 49ers and the Browns on the OBJ trade market and on the Antonio Brown trade market because I'm getting 49 to 1 with Cleveland with OBJ and I'm getting 12 to 1 with AB. Uh, I think there's solid value there. Yeah. Uh, speaking of futures, like I, I I went to Vegas last summer to sign up for the Super Contest, and I went and made like probably 15 futures plays, and they weren't full you like a quarter unit, and people were like, dude, you're making twenty dollar future bets. I'm like, you think I'm gonna go make all my normal plays on 15 futures tickets on Tennessee to win the basketball title? I can't do that. I can't tie up my bankroll. But because of Kareem Hunt, because of the possibility of OD, OBJ. I'm going to go right now and look at the Browns, and I think I might make a futures bet. Oh, my gosh. Is it off the board? Yeah. I, I Listen, Kareem Hunt and Antonio Brown or Kareem Hunt still and getting, OBJ? You are still getting 30-1 to 1 at this moment uh, at Bovada, which, as we've talked about a little bit on, on this podcast before, is probably the most public book. Um, so it's where I like to go to shop around because you're usually going to get some pretty long lines there. But, yeah, 30-1 to 1 on the Browns at this moment. Real quick, what do you think the over-under for wins is for the Browns next season? Nine and a half. Nine and nine. I was good. Yeah. You think the nine eight, and a half? Eight and a half or nine and a half, right in that range. Whew. Dude, I mean, they would. They no, no, I know, I know, I know. I agree. I think. I mean, that's a lot though. People are going to look at the Browns and go, "Well, the Browns are going to Browns, right?" Well, they don't have a first place schedule, right? And last year, remember, they wasted a couple games with. Uh, yeah, there was seven, eight, and one this year. They wasted a couple games with Tyrod Taylor. While we're here, really quickly, I as I'm scrolling through some of these NFL futures, this just caught my eye, and it just it sings to me. <laughs> What will Rob Gronkowski do first after well, he retires well, as an NFL player? Yeah, you know where I'm going with this. Obviously wrestling. Well, the odds-on favorite is act in a movie. 
minus 225. That's probably the right answer. And I think those odds are short enough that are long enough that you're probably getting some value there. The second most likely outcome, according to Bovada, plus 250, fights in sanctioned WWE match. Let's go. You you obviously know something I don't. Shucks. uh, You guys, listen, I think you've got to make a move on the Browns. Super Bowl futures. I just looked at their road opponents. I'm sorry. I'm just, hey, I'm just cracking. Remember. No, but that's the thing. Like, imagine saying February 14th, 2018, one year from now, I am going to say you have to get your money in on the Cleveland Browns to win Super Bowl 54. And you're probably right. Carson Wentz, uh, first year with the Eagles, they were like a 500 team. Next year, win the Super Bowl. Just real quick, road opponents for the Browns next year. Ravens, okay, they they won up, they went to the playoffs. Bengals, Steelers didn't make the playoffs. Jets didn't make the playoffs. Patriots obviously won the Super Bowl. Cardinals, 49ers, Broncos. They have two opponents next year on the road that made the playoffs. That's it. That's not daunting. At home, you know, at home they get the Rams, Seahawks, blah blah blah. So, liking the Browns Super Bowl futures. All right, we're going to quickly pivot here on Coming Up Winners. Remember, subscribe, rate, and review. Always tell all your friends, we're talking basketball now. NBA MVP odds, uh, Mr. Andrew Lynch, our guy here at FS1, Colin Cowherd, really stumping for Paul George this week. Paul George has been tremendous. Uh, James Harden is averaging 36.5 points per game. Well, I didn't even realize it was that high. He's putting up insane numbers. Giannis still lurking. It's looking like the first time in forever that LeBron will not finish top five in MVP voting. He's done that something like 12, 13 years in a row. Um, Lynch, where are you on NBA MVP voting as we enter the All-Star break? So I took Giannis to win the MVP before the season. At, I believe it was plus 450 is uh, the number that I got. I'm still feeling pretty good about that. You know, we've got Currently, Giannis is, as you just mentioned, uh, the second shortest odds to win the MVP, plus 350 at Bovada earlier this week. Listen, I think James Harden takes home the award. I think there's a reason he is the odds-on favorite at minus 250 at this moment. But to Colin's point, to your point, and to producer Conrad's point, because I'm sure he's going to follow up here, if you are going to make an NBA MVP bet on February 14th, 2019, the answer is Paul George. There is, I, I wholeheartedly believe, getting 18 to 1 with this stretch run coming down, the value today is on Paul George. Okay, so how much of that matters on where they finished? Because remember, Russ averaged a triple-double. Uh, I don't think they were top five. I think they might have been five or six, and they lost uh, to the Rockets in the first round. And he won MVP. So can Paul George do it if they're not a top two or three seed? I don't, I don't think so. I think Paul George has to because I think the Russell Westbrook thing was like something we'll never see again. So it's a he's, situation. Even though he's we, done it like three years well, now, ago. Now, I mean, yeah, he's but, made it like he's kind of debunked the triple-double, right? Yeah, it doesn't but, seem like it's as cool as it used to be. But I don't think anybody else in the history of NBA will average a triple-double like that. Zion, he is the standard. Zion. <laughs> Zion. Now, I like Zion a lot. I don't know if he'll average a triple-double. He his, won't. His passing won't be there. Um, but so, so you guys are both in on the Paul George at 18-1. to 1. I'm just curious, what are Durant and Curry? Because when I look at the Warriors, okay, if they're able to, and I know they got embarrassed last night late by Portland, they just wanted to get to the All-Star break. If they happen to go 24-3 and the rest of the way, you know, and win, I don't know, 60-some-odd games, I don't see why one of them should not get consideration. Now, Giannis 
And the Bucks are the number one team in the NBA in net rating, I believe, point differential. It's like Giannis is getting no love. I, I look at Durant, Curry, and Giannis as undervalued here. I don't think Harden will win it because the media votes for it, and they saw this act last year. I mean, to be honest, I think that KD could have the same season he had in Golden State as he had his MVP year in 2013-14, and Steph Curry could have the same year that he had in 15-16 where he was unanimous, and neither one would win the MVP because people have Golden State. Like, fatigue? Yeah, fatigue. Really? I, I, same thing with LeBron last year. People are just tired of it. They don't. They want something new. So Curry's currently at 12 to 1. KD is currently at 20 to 1. I think there is, if we play out this 2018 2019 season 100 times, I think Steph Curry probably wins MVP somewhere 10, 15, 20 times. It was that injury in November yeah. and December that I think really derailed his MVP uh, campaign because I do think he was kind of showing this season in particular that he is more important to that Warriors team than KD. But when that injury happened, KD and the rest of the team kind of took over those responsibilities. It's the beauty of having that roster. And Steph wasn't able to continue to separate himself from KD as the clear, most valuable player on that team. Mm -hmm. If he had continued to have the season that he had and or that he'd been having and is having without that stretch where he missed games, I think Steph Curry is your 2019 MVP. Interesting. All right, so right now, Paul George, 18-1. to 1, I think you guys could be on to something. Um, well, let's stay in the NBA real quick. Uh, a lot of scuttlebutt about Luke Walton's future. Lakers came out through the L.A. Times, uh, I believe it was today or last night, saying Luke Walton is our guy. However, you can still bet on who will be the Lakers head coach for game one of next season. Uh, I guess this is uh, Bovada, Jason Kidd, plus 100. Mark Jackson leaving the ESPN booth plus 175. Frank Vogel. Is that a LeBron guy? What the heck is his name doing on the list? Plus 700. And guess who's lurking at plus 850? Luke Walton. And let me quickly build a case for Luke Walton, okay? Lakers still have ah, 26 games left, whatever. It's not crazy that they pass the Clippers who traded their best player and sneak into the playoffs. Let's say they get the seventh seed. Are you scared of the Denver Nuggets taking down LeBron in the first round? I would guess no. And then let's say LeBron and company get by the Thunder because they got LeBron and they lose to the Warriors in five, six, whatever. Is Luke Walton coming back next year as head coach? And is that scenario that far-fetched, gentlemen? Lynch? I, I totally buy it. I, I think there is value on betting that Luke Walton will be the coach next season. That said, I mean, it's only because you're getting such long odds. I think there's, again, probably about a one, something shy of a one in 10 chance that Luke Walton is still the coach next year. Uh, to me, I like two names that aren't on the board right now. Um, as much as I would love to see LeVar Ball at 50-1 to 1 be the next coach of the Los Angeles Lakers, let's go ahead and say that's not going to happen. But I do want to preface this. November 20th, 2015, I posited that Luke Walton would be the next head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. April 30th, 2016, he was hired. So I have a track record here with one guess that actually went correct. Mike Brown. I know when I mentioned this earlier, producer Conrad, who is a Cavs LeBron fan, like literally shuddered. Didn't and I Mike get Brown it. coach the Lakers? Yes. And get fired after like eight minutes? And I, but this is going to come down to who does LeBron want there? And I think he still has that rapport with, with Mike Brown. But the name that I really like, I don't know if there's a world where this happens, Stan Van Gundy. I would love to see Stan Van Gundy with this Lakers team. I almost wonder if Ty Lue is more likely. Oh, I th- absolutely. 
I mean, there's a, there's, a, a, there's a reason Ty Lue is on the board for the bet for yeah. who's going to be the next Lakers head coach. Yeah, I think I think Luke Walton has to be the play. I think if Luke Walton legitimately just gets him to the playoffs, he's the guy next year. And loses in the first round? I mean, to the Warriors, you get a pass. That's, that's what I'm saying. If you make it into the first round, you put up a good series, you go into next year, who else is going to be on the market? I know we just named some guys, but none of those guys yeah. would be better, in my opinion, than Luke Walden would be. And there's always plenty of time to fire Luke Walden next year. Why not? Uh, I, I will say this. If the Lakers fire Luke Walton this offseason, or this season, I guess, and they hire Jason Kidd bleh. as their head coach, who is currently even money to be the next Lakers head coach, they will be looking for a new head yeah. coach within 18 months. I mean, seriously, Jason Kidd in Milwaukee gets run out. They bring in Budenholzer. Yes, sir. And they are the best team in the East. Like, give me a break. Like, I don't want to see Jason Kidd coaching the Lakers. I, I do want to add quickly, NBA Futures, to, again, shop around right now to win the title. Lakers with LeBron plus 6,300. 6,300? Can that be right? That's too low. How? 63. All they got to do is get in the playoffs. And I, I, again, I don't want to go overboard. You get in the playoffs, you've got LeBron, anything can happen. And if, if there's an injury to someone on Golden State, door is open. I mean, no, it's not. No, I, I wholeheartedly disagree with that. Listen, I love LeBron James. I've written that he's the best basketball player of all time, Can't if not the greatest. No. Okay. No. Like, Major challenge. Uh, to win the East. And again, you got to shop around. Now, shops are offering different favorites now. One book, I'm seeing the Celtics is the favorite. Another, you see the Raptors. Another, the Bucks. Some people will like the Sixers. I, I got to say, this Kyrie Irving situation is interesting. They're all of a sudden 9-2 and two without him this year. Uh, I know you need a star to win the NBA title, but this team, going back to last year, just feels better, the system, without Kyrie. They're plus 217 to win the East. They're not even a top-four seed now, so they'd have to go on the road three times. I think it could be done. Wow, really? You yeah. think there's value on the Cel Do you think there's value on the Celtics at plus two seventeen? Well, I, I, that's the problem. Uh, how can if they've got to go on the road possibly three times, they should not be favored like that. But I think that's Vegas sending you a sign. We think they're the best, and nobody's betting on them. Everybody's betting on Sixers. You know, major exposure. I saw according to one book because of the Tobias Harris trade. They've got a great starting lineup. Now, they have no depth at all on their bench. It's like T.J. McConnell's their sixth man. Like, that's not going to cut it. Sixers have to be the play, though. Do you guys not like the Sixers at 3-1? to one? I just feel an implosion is near. I don't know. For some reason, Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, a lot of personality. I can understand that. At 3-1, to one, no, at three to one, I don't hate the Sixers as a play. I still think it's the Bucks. I mean, you're, getting, you're still getting plus 180 at Bovada. I wouldn't necessarily recommend a bet at that line. Um, especially I, you know, I got, I was very fortunate. I got them at 20 to one preseason to win the East. I, I just think it's Milwaukee. Uh, when the, when the Raptors made the Gasol trade, that scared me a little bit as someone who does have a futures ticket with Milwaukee. I do as uh, well, but I don't know that Gasol is necessarily going yeah. to fit, especially over this second half of the season. Yeah. I don't know. There's enough time for them mm -hmm. really to figure it out with him, Kawhi and Lowry. There's some teams he won't even be on the floor much for. Like, I don't see him playing a ton against the Bucks. Like, you don't want him on the three-point line defending Brooke Lopez. Yeah, it's a shame because 2013, Marcus Gasol was one of my favorite players, but <sighs> it's 2019 yeah. now. All right, we want to wrap up with a couple quick college basketball notes. So, obviously, Duke is the heavy favorite now to win the title. I'm seeing plus 176. Um... They've swept UVA. They just came back from 23 down with nine minutes left to beat Louisville. The only way, though, you can bet on Duke at this point, guys, I think is if they suffer a loss 
then the odds maybe tick down a notch. But other than that, you can't bet Duke to win it. I would only bet other teams, Tennessee, you know, whatever. I mean, you honestly beat me to it. I was honestly thinking that when they were getting beat that bad by Louisville. That would have been the perfect time. I was going to put money on a futures bet for Duke. So I'm like, okay, this is going to add to it a little bit, especially yeah. if they take a beating like by 20. Yeah. And people would be like, ah, I don't know about this Duke team. They're still too young. I was planning on it. And then they came back. So Gonzaga, I don't know if you guys saw this, the big kid Tilly, who can't stay healthy right now. I think he played eight games, and he's now done for probably the season. Could yeah, he shut back. down. Shut Definitely down. Definitely 100 Yeah, shut oh, down. Oh, that's bad. Because he's a gunner. Uh, and I like this Gonzaga team. Very watchable, very fun. Plus 585. I just, I don't know how. I mean, they got the the bodies to match up with Duke. We saw it in Maui, but this was an old freshman Duke team playing in, like, what, their eighth game. And Gonzaga, of course, has a couple experienced seniors. Um Anything at Michigan? I don't... Nah, Michigan. Michigan doesn't have the offense. And they just got, they got yeah. beat bad by Penn State the other night. Yeah, yeah, I had money on Michigan in that one like an <laughs> idiot. Um, I, I'm off the Virginia train. I just You can't beat Duke twice. Now, maybe they're the third best team in the country, but I, I, I just don't see Virginia plus 660. There's no way I'm betting that. For me, if you want to get a futures in before this weekend, Kentucky-Tennessee plays this weekend, and they play twice going down the stretch here okay. coming, and then they might have to meet again in the SEC tournament. I think you can get decent value on either one of those teams right now, but in each way, they're going to lose value whenever one of the other teams beats the Do other. Do you think Kentucky's that good right now? They might be. They're the deepest team in the country. Huh. I, I Here's a, uh, a random futures ticket. I have LSU to make the Final Four. I was like going through some cupboards, and I was like, oh, look, I got some futures tickets. Just to make the Final Four, LSU, long shot, obviously, in the offseason. But they got some players. They got some size, but size doesn't win in March. Guards win. That BBN Twitter was lit the other night. They when were they... <laughs> Yes, they were. All right, so that wraps it up. Another edition of Coming Up Winners. No podcast next week. Uh, one of us will be out of the continental United States. Um, so we'll be back in two weeks. We're going to roll heavy, heavy March Madness at that point. Be ready. For Andrew Lynch, I'm Jason McIntyre. Thank you. We'll see you in two weeks.